podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. Then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, on to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Hey, thanks for checking out In That Number. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Follow me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-hosts, Kevin at the Moscow Mush Milverton at Moscow Mush. Statman Steve at Statman underscore Steve. Find him on Instagram at St. Mary's Statbase. Follow the show at Number Podcast, available on Instagram and Facebook too. Please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe and share as far and wide as you can. If you would like to send us any questions, send us an email on inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter and we'll be sure to get back to you as soon as we can. Enjoy the show. Welcome to In That Number 78, Happy Mondays. This week, we're here to review Monday night's hard-earned point at Old Trafford, preview Thursday night's homecoming against Brighton with thoughts from Joshua Goldsmith of Together, a Brighton and Hove podcast. And we'll also preview Sunday's showdown against Bournemouth. We'll get the comments from Back of the Net and AFC Bournemouth pod in our last away game of the season. Massive one for Bournemouth that. Um, but first, my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton. All right, Kevin, you wanker. I don't know, I've got nothing else. All right, Ray, you big bollocks. <laughs> How are you this evening? Happy? Uh, yes, yes. Um, that's a very good start to the week, isn't it? Yes. I don't think I've enjoyed um, a match uh, quite like that. Yes, no, I've had a rather um, decent week so far. I think we're returning to normality, more or less, I suppose. And oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, getting a little bit more time to myself. I think that's, that's nice. Oh, that's really good. I'm pleased. Because yeah, I know oh. you seemed really stressed like last week, and I'm glad oh, that it's kind yeah. of like you're becoming a bit more Kevin-like. Well, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, actually. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, I mean, you, I know how hard you've been working, right? And I know how stressful it is. And I know, you know, all these games come in really, really quickly, back to back. Maybe like three games this week, as we said. Um, you know, it's, it's nice that it's all starting to slow down a bit so you can uh, take some time for you and your wife. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I mean, these are the kind of matches that you can enjoy. Imagine... Um, there were this many games in as many days, and they were like they were towards the beginning of the season. It'd be unbearable, wouldn't it? Yes, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be uh, difficult. It would be very difficult to podcast, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I'm more than happy to, to, to jabber a bit. Yeah. How, how have you been? Yeah, uh, I've been okay. It's been a busy week, but um, but yeah. The, the, the game on Monday night was kind of horrible for me because, I mean, I, I, I couldn't watch it live, as you know, because I had a midnight shift at work. So I had to go through my shift not knowing the score and hoping to God that nobody would spoil it for me. 
I was a complete fucking mess. I turned my phone off, right, because I had no no messages or anything. I turned it off. I just avoided people. Anyone that looked like they were going to come towards me, I put my head down and walked away. I just didn't want to see anybody. I, I, I became so paranoid and angry. It was... Stick your finger in your ears and just yeah. chat. Fuck off, fuck off, Yeah, fuck no, off. that was pretty much what it was like. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was paranoid and angry, and I, like, those you know traits are usually my best qualities, but... However, Monday they were not, and I, I just like needed so I needed like a stimulant or something because I was pacing up and down, and the amount of people that looked at me, and it was like they were trying to get my attention, and I'd like I'd never seen this dude before, and he was looking at me, and I thought, you know, you know, scored, and he, he go, he's going to tell me. I thought if he tries to talk to me, I'm just going to go straight up to him and punch him in the fucking face because I'm not putting up with this. I, I, I just just don't even look at me. But um, oh, no, not, I mean I think there's an easy solution, isn't there? Um. I mean, first of all, seek medical help. Um, <laughs> or failing that, I mean, just bite the bullet and find, have an, you know, have an hour accept. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just take a day off work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. In those kind of situations, um, I just, you know, find out what the score is and watch it later. <laughs> no. I'm not bothered. No, no. I just wanted to. I wanted to enjoy that that ray time just to sit there and, and enjoy the game um, with no one else and just vent that way. But, yeah, no, I, I survived. I did it. And what's more, my colleagues survived as well. So, I mean, I can only apologise to them for my uh, behaviour on Monday. It wasn't, I wasn't a pleasant man to be around. I mean, they kept up their end of the bargain, so well done. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, mush. ITN news. <laughs> um, allegedly, you may, I mean, you must have heard this. It's all over the, the Saints news at the moment. Is that we are very close to signing Ghanaian defender Mohamed Salisu uh, from Real Valladolid. Did I do that right? Valladolid. Okay, there we go. Uh, a fee for a reported at 10.9 million pounds. That's like 12 million euros. But um. So what do we know about him, Kevin? He is, he's 21. He's big. He's six foot three, centre back, supposedly brilliantly, uh, brilliant positionally and a big threat in the air. Uh, concentration, tackling and stamina are major parts of his game. But supposedly he's not very mobile or great with the ball. Are we just signing Vestergaard again? It sounds like it. Yeah. We've got, um, uh, Garnet and Vestergaard. Yeah. I mean, um, Vest- <laughs> I mean, apparently he's he's really sought after. I know that uh, he was supposed to be going to Rennes, um, mm-hmm. Champions League football and all that, but he, I don't know what happened there. There were some reports that Real Madrid wanted him, Man United wanted him. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I refuse to get excited about a signing now in case they turn out like Vestergaard. So let, let's just give him... Yeah, or so give him some time. El Yanusi yeah. or Carrillo, <laughs> Lamina. Yeah, who we could keep going. Um, and actually, that transfer window, Kevin, is open from Monday, the twenty seventh of July, the day after the season finishes, and will close Monday the fifth at five p.m. Strange time, but yeah. Okay, so uh, there's your transfer window. So get your business done in those gaps. So um, Monday the 5th of... August. Wow, that's a short window, isn't it? No, that's not August. It's um, October, I think. Oh, October. Uh, Monday the 5th of October. Yeah, it's the only Monday the 5th this year, so... 
Yeah, it is the 5th of October. Yeah, I was right. Okay. Yeah, that would have been a really, really short window, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there was a, a story floating around about Jan Valerie being loaned to uh, Reading for the 2020-21 season. I mean, I'm not sure how true this is because like the the story died like as, as quick as Valerie's career did, really. So, I mean, I don't know what where that is now, but I mean, it might be a good thing for him. I mean, I, I mean, I've been on Twitter and I've been looking at the Reading fans and seeing what they had to say, and there's a lot of them that are not keen on it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, who's going to be our backup right back again? Um, probably James Ward-Prowse. Oh Christ, Kevin Dansine. <laughs> yeah. Sign him just for the purpose of playing him out of position. But, I mean, I suppose you can look at it like this. If Valerie is going on loan, then at least it means that we have our sights set on Kyle Walker-Peters permanently or even another year's loan. So, positive yeah, would, spin on it. With Daniel Levy, you can't count your chickens, can you? No, but I'm getting, unless they've agreed something in principle, they, they would not let Valerie go, would they? But mm. like I said, this, this, is, this story seems to have vanished. But yeah. um, That's a good rumour. Yeah. Um, and last bit of news. Um, did you see that we've got a new manager? Yeah, so I, I was waiting <laughs> for the match to start. Adam Blackmore tweeted it. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Howe on the uh, United Review match for Dutch Day programme. Yeah, it's, um, what, what, what an error. I mean, the only thing I can think of is because United played Bright, uh, Bournemouth at home recently and they were just using the same, like, copy paste and they just forgot to take Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe's name out. I, I don't know. But either way, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, um, this time two years ago, probably wouldn't have minded that so much. Actually, it would be an improvement, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, anything would have been an improvement on Pure or Pellegrino. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we had to mark Hughes um, this time or two Hughes. years ago, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, any any of them, uh, yeah, how would be a replacement? But yeah, tables have definitely turned recently. Yeah. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier. Thank you for listening to In That Number. OK, Kevin, so, game from Monday night. Manchester United away at Old Trafford. Late, late drama with Saints again. However, this time, in our favour, uh, 2-2, Desmond. Uh, Armstrong opened the scoring after just 12 minutes before United took control a little bit through Rashford and Martial before the late show from Michael Oberfemi, who earned a well-deserved and hard-fought point. 96th minute as we continue our impressive form since the restart. Uh, the 11, Kevin, unchanged again for a third game in a row. Mm-hmm. So it's McCarthy, Bertrand, Bednarek, Stevens, Walker-Peters, Redmond, Romeu, James Ward-Prowse, Armstrong, Adams and Ings, the bench of Gunn, Vestergaard, Long, Obafemi, Hoiberg, Smallbone, Vokins, Danso, Ferry. Interestingly, Kev, four Irishmen on the bench. Yeah. But you're loving that. And, they, uh, and three of them came on. Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the 11, unchanged. Happy with that? Um, yes, although, you know, it's, it's really surprising that we can pl- feel the same team um, week after week, game after game, um, such short recovery time between matches and get away with that, essentially. So... Mm. I mean, yeah, I guess Ralph, he's not stupid. He's, he knows what he's doing. Um, and, yeah, best to go back. Yep. We are, yeah, you pushed we are Jankovic off the bench. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the only difference, isn't it? But, yeah, I think the surprising thing is the, the lack of changes. I was wondering when, if he continues like this, when's it going to come up and 
and bite, bite him in the ass. But well, I mean, I think he's hinted at changes for Brighton, so I think he's going to have to, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think we're going to see some different players. I mean, I, I, the only thing that was surprised me in this eleven, well, I don't necessarily surprised. I mean, like I said, you, you need to keep the team, the thing that's winning, the thing that's working, winning, picking up points, whatever. You need to keep it the same. Don't change it if you don't need to. And I did expect to see Hoiberg in that middle. Uh, at Romeo's expense or I wouldn't have been surprised if he was let's put it that way I I would be surprised if he was Um, just because yeah I mean he didn't change him for Everton um, when he could have Um, he was on the bench but um, he didn't even come on this time no I don't know maybe but I think it's a wise move I do too yeah Mm. it's, it's a it's pleasing yeah he's not bowing down to this He's, he's he's sticking with it. It's good. I like it. Yeah. And it's worth yeah, it. Less, less a manager would, wouldn't he? Want, want to showcase him. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even kind of suck up to him and you know, try, and, try and get him in. But I mean, Ralph's clearly made his plans around a team that doesn't involve him. Get on the so. fucking bench and give me that armband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, the game started very, very, very bright for Saints. Um, and we saw right away that... I don't know, it, it seemed that United underestimated that high press. Because, I mean, we caught them out early with our intensity. But it, it, it surprised me, really, because in the pre-game, Solskjaer was talking up Saints and saying that like they're the fittest team in the league. So he knows all about them. He knows how much that front four like to press. But they didn't get the memo, obviously, because Saints were all over them instantly, right from kickoff. Yeah, I mean, the, the cards are pretty much marked. I mean... Um... That that high press. I, mean, I was watching this um, in a in a pub with a couple of uh, United fans. Oh, there. of course you were, yeah. Yeah, and they were like, "Shit, they're they're, they're really pressing the high." I was like, "Yep, that's what we do." <laughs> but, this is the th- but this is the thing, though. Like, why is everyone surprised by this? I don't know. And just yeah, United. I mean, they they have been more or less unstoppable haven't they, since the restart. Mm. Um, I mean, you can see from this match why that's been the case. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they don't. Maybe they don't expect or don't like it when um, teams bring the game to start trying to trip them up. The fucking cheek of it, eh? Yeah. You come here to our Ooh. place and you just start running around us. No. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> why, 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 why aren't they bending over? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but an early error straight away, you know, we settled to the game quickly and then James Wood-Prowse... Wanting oh. too much time on the ball. Yeah, what's he And doing? then Martial, I mean, you you don't need to give him a, a sniff like that. He was gone. Mm. Um, and, you know, one-on-one McCarthy to the rescue. So so pleased for McCarthy, by the way, because he's getting a lot of... He got a lot of shit in the um, Arsenal game, and rightly so. And then, it's, like I said before, like as soon as he makes a mistake, they, they go right on him again and say he's not Premier League quality. But just recently, he's been pulling out some... Fantastic saves, and that one was incredible. Left-handed yeah. little save, that was brilliant. I mean, it didn't look that impressive. It looked like it was Martial's fault, but like, he should have done better than that, sure. But you look at the replay, look at it in slow motion. Yeah, how big Fanta- he makes Fantastic himself, right? save, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And coming out, it was brilliant. Yeah, oh, it's just just perfect keeper. I and mean, we know we know he's got that in him, but it's just yeah. In, in more, I think he's, he's brilliant under pressure, isn't he? But in the kind of bog standard. Um, Deal with your crosses, yeah. Yeah, or even back passes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a as a pure shot stopper, fantastic. Yeah. As is Fraser Forster, so very similar in that in that regard. Um, but then 
deservedly so. Saints took the lead after 12 minutes. 12 minutes, yep. Um, high, high press again, caught Pogba off guard. Um, and Ings just like robbed him and, and Redmond finds Stuart Armstrong at the back stick. Nice cool finish, no mistakes. And then, you know, I, I had a chat with Steve last week and I said that Pogba's got a mistake in him. If you can press him, because he, he, he does seem to want a lot more time on the ball and that's exactly what's happened. Um, and you, you can't do that with Saints. And especially with Ings on the, on the, on the case because he's just relentless at the moment and, yeah, just a, a really, really cool finish. As I say, and Armstrong now has been involved in five goals in his last six games. Um, and that's as many as he's had in his previous 40. So how important is Stuart Armstrong to us now? Fucking hell. Yeah, maybe he's, I think he's starting to live up to that, um, that chant that the Celtic fans had for him. Yeah, but one thing with, with Stuart Armstrong, I mean, if you asked a, an average Premier League fan about the Saints team, I, Guarantee it. I break about ninety percent of them would not even mention Stuart Armstrong. Yeah. But then, if you talk to a Saints fan now and say, "What's your best Saints eleven right now?" No one is going to take Armstrong out of that. But he's. How long is it going to take for them to start realizing how good this guy is? I'd give it a season because I mean, people are still talking about Redmond um, based on his form from last season. So yeah, give it a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, the hair definitely knows his name. <laughs> Oh, it's not as if he didn't have a warning shot before as well. Yeah. I was gonna, this, this game was a bit weird to me because, it, well, in the sense that it seemed to go in stages. It's like Saints had the play throughout the first 20 mm-hmm. um, until they scored. And then United took over. And honestly, mate, I have to say, there was, a, there was one point where I thought United could score every time they attacked because they went down Walker-Peters' side quite a bit. Yeah, that left wing. I mean, um, yeah, Martial and Rashford. Fucking lethal, and uh, yeah, Walker Peters looked out of his depth. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, just because I mean, we're pressing up quite high, and you've you just you know caught off so many, uh, so many times. But yeah, I mean, even even when he's when he's hanging back there, um, I think he just you know not covering his area. I mean, but yeah, as I say, it seemed to go in those in those stages, and and then it, it happened, didn't it? Rashford gets the leveller. Um, Pogba had a little bit of space, finds Martial, who seems to have all the time in the world. Um, I, I mean, I know Steve's going to have his own opinions on, on how this first one went with, with Kyle Walker-Peters' involvement, but Steve, Stevens, did you think Stevens needed to be a little bit closer to, to Martial, perhaps? I mean, if I'm reaching. But then, again, there's always that worry of conceding a penalty, and, and United have had their share of penalties lately. So, And, and Mar- Martial just, you know, leaning back and just sort of slotted it through for... Rashford, it was it was not a lot you could do really. No, I mean, but Rashford's totally unmarked, and so we should have someone yeah. on him. Um, and yeah, I mean they just work, they worked out at some point that that um, that our our right is you know the the weak side that you can. It's you not can attack. though, is it? Well, it was it definitely was at that point because they just kept ploughing through down the left. Um, I mean, for the for the second goal, I mean, just now that yeah. second goal, I'm not leaving. I mean, what can you do about that? I don't think Kyle Walker Peters is to blame for that at all. But I mean, you can see if you if he had a, a a bigger defender on him, he would have stopped him somehow. It's not his fault. <sighs> no, no, but I mean that that is that is the weakness, isn't it? I mean, when you've got Marcia running at speed like that, you know what he's going to do. You know he's going to cut inside. And there's nothing you can do about it. He's going to cut in, he's going to have a shot. And it's been happening so often lately. 
He's been fine in that top corner. It's so difficult to defend against something like that. When you're running at him like with the pace that he's got, yeah, yeah it's um, you, you kind of feel sorry for the lad. I suppose so. Um, we, did, we didn't mention the the Rashford goal that was ruled offside. Oh, that was a bit of a bit of a warning shot. That came down yeah. from the left as well, didn't it? And um, Luke Shaw, a little bit of one two. Um, lovely pass from Luke Shaw. Why didn't he do that when he was playing the same? <laughs> um, um, and then, yeah, just offside, rightly so. Yeah, but I mean, after that second, I thought it was going to be an absolute fucking bloodbath. I mean, it, I it did, could yeah. go one or two ways. I mean, we had the energy at that point, didn't we? And mm. it could have been, you know, a nine-goal thriller, or it could have been a six-one demolition. I thought it was going to be that, to be honest. When Saints went, when United took the lead. And they kept coming down that left side, and it was, oh god, yeah. I just thought every single time they come down, they they, they look dangerous, and it's. I thought it was going to be six, seven, one, or, or something like that at that point. Yeah. But, but United did just kind of. Uh, I don't know. Do you think it was a little bit of? I mean, Pogba is a, a speculative crack. Um, a few minutes later, I mean, apart from you know, again, again, Pogba, um, putting it over. Just towards the end of the first half, that wasn't really. Much, um, in the way it's, we kind of plugged the gap. If you see what mm. I mean. So we we had to um, sit back. I don't know why we weren't doing that. One nil. I mean, it's commendable, isn't it? We can. Uh, oh yeah. Try, try and go full steam and get a second. That's what we've been crying out for for all these years. But um, I mean, maybe just overestimating their energy levels. Yeah, possibly. Um, and th- there was that moment that, I, um, th- that involved Romeu, uh, the tackle on, on Greenwood. What did you make of this? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's nasty, isn't it? Yeah, I thought um, it was bad. I thought it was really bad, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, that, that was just before Stevens. Um, sorry, Green, uh, Green, Greenwood pulls one off on um, Stevens, doesn't it? Yeah. And then, yeah, Romo comes in, I mean, it's as if he's trying to avenge it, you know? Yeah, it looked like it. I mean, it don't, yeah, it looks like he's done it on purpose. Now, I know Romo likes a tackle when he picks up his share of yellows, but I didn't think that he would deliberately try and hurt a fellow professional, but it looked a bad one, and I think we were lucky to get away with that. I mean, it's as brutal as any Romo tackle, but, I mean, you just kind of hope that he was... Intended to do something slightly different than that. Sure. Yeah, I hope so. But then VAR had a look at it and deemed it yeah. okay. Strange one, but. That's um, fair enough. What was the reasoning behind it? Because, I mean, the, the ref didn't see it. No. And didn't rule. I didn't VAR see it straight it away. Up. I thought Mason Green was taking a dive, and I thought, what's he doing down there? Because I didn't see it at all, because it looked like that Romeo pulled away from it. And when you saw it on replay, Matt Letizia was right at half time, by the way. He said that you you look at it in slow motion and it makes it look a lot worse. Mm. And I don't know if it's because my eyes weren't right, right at his ankle when we watched it in real time, but watching it in slow motion, it looks like a leg breaker. And, you know, Gary Neville was incensed about it. And, you Fuck. know, you, well, he's got a point, to be fair. He, he, it was a bad tackle. I thought it was bad. I just hope, like you said, I hope Romeo just wanted, meant to do something else. He, didn't, he never went in there with the intention to hurt. Um, and he got away with one. Fine, because he didn't hurt him. It was, it was fine. He got up and, and played on. So, I suppose the the reasoning is that um, VAR can't rule for the ref to give a yellow card. It's either red or nothing, isn't it? Is that right? 
I'm I'm making that assumption. I'm, I'm okay. not sure sure in my assertion, but um, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yes, I suppose. So if it's red or nothing, then say well they must so must be reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go with, we'll go with that, Kevin. Sounds good. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and from this point though, Saints had their their share of chances. Then I think they they you know they, they, there was never a a play to like sit back and take one take it. They wanted to uh, attack again, which is like what we've been seeing with Ralph's teams all through this season. Um, Redmond had that effort, which was, um, you know, forced a decent save from De Gea. But, I mean, Kev, to go to Old Trafford, especially the way that they're playing right now, you know, undefeated in 18, whatever it is, um, leading possession, leading corners, crosses, touches, interceptions, shots on target, it speaks volumes. Um, United have probably just got that little bit extra quality in the final third, perhaps, but... Redmond, I thought, was... Because we, we've been talking about him for a couple of weeks now, saying that he's just disappeared, but I thought he had a very good game. That's a good comeback. <laughs> very, very good comeback, yeah. Um, but, yeah, unluckily, I mean, he, he did have a, um, um, a couple of great shots, of it, but, um, yeah, one was um, that, that wonder strike uh, met with a wonder save. Mm. Um, did he have another shot just wide right at the beginning in the second half? He did, yeah. Because yeah, that filled me with confidence. I thought, you know, what 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 can we expect from the second half? I thought, oh, okay, right, game on. Um, but yeah, I mean, he set up um, Shane Long, who couldn't quite get his head to that um, cross for that weak header. Mm. Um, yeah. That could have been um, could have been the equaliser we needed. And then, you know, with uh, what was it, about ten minutes left, uh, we we could have stolen all three points. Could have done, yeah, um, and. Yeah, Saints had the possession at that point, and I, I guess the crux of the game was that, the, you know, the meat of the second half, where United didn't really have a lot about them then. Like, that, that when they were 2-1 up, or even when it was 1-1, they had that little bit of bite about that they're going to go out and, and, and take this game to Saints, but they, they kind of dropped off in the second half, and Saints took control. Yeah, I think um, f- f- fair play to Ralph. I mean, again, he didn't use his um, full... Uh, Allocation of substitutions, but at least he got in um, early and um, subbed off Armstrong, who seems to be. I mean, he's getting quite knackered now, isn't he? There's no way um, he's playing at Brighton, is there? There's no way. Uh, I mean, unless it's a half and half, you know. But um, hmm. with Smallbone, um, Smallbone looked pretty fresh, though. Um, hmm. But yeah, that, that was a smart move. Um, he was, um, you know, in, injecting some pace and some. Attack and and desire at, at, at just at the point where United were starting to run out of ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was a head clash, wasn't there, with um, with Brandon Williams, and uh, he had to leave leave the pitch. Um, yeah. That looked nasty. And it's that just, was just wincing. So, because um, Solskjaer couldn't sub him off. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, so United had to go with, with 10 men for the remaining, what was it, 10 minutes? No, about five minutes, wasn't it? Because there was a uh, five minutes added on time. Mm. It was in there. So, But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you say like you got United down to 10 men. It kind of like opened up for Saints now. And they, but they were already pressing for that equaliser, more so than Man United were. Uh, you know, Man United were not willing to, you know, go and get a third. They were OK sitting back, letting Saints, you know, try and try and get back into this game. And yeah, do you know, do you know what else? It's, it's amazing how they kept harking back to the fact that, you know, this is amazing from Southampton. They're not playing for anything. 
but it didn't look like that, did it? No, and I think probably safely say that um, it's there's nothing other than pride and possibly uh, position in the table to play for. It's just money now, isn't it? Because the Europa League's going to be too much to ask now. Yeah. Especially with, with Man City, you know, getting that, that uh, Champions League spot back. Yeah, it's pretty much ended hopes for, not for just for us, but for yeah. quite a few teams above us as well. But yeah, and then, and then of course, deep deep into injury time, Oberfemi, with just the second touch, scores probably the most important goal of his career, I think it's... I mean, that one and the Chelsea one, I guess. But yeah, Maguire making the... Me- What's Maguire do? Was he, like, marking his own defender? It was yeah, just, it, it was just like watching Lindelof, and it's like he was interfering with play, wasn't he? It was Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Was it Wan-Bissaka or Lindelof? It might have been Wan-Bissaka, actually. You might I think be it was right, Wan-Bissaka. Yeah. It's like eighty some... million pound defender. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, they... <laughs> this is just oh my god. Yeah, um, I've been trolling a few United fans with um, that, that particular uh, GIF masterpiece. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's Lindelof um who's on Oberfemi. Yeah. At that far post. Bednarik um, jumps up, doesn't he? And yeah, I mean it's, it's it's a good free kick. I mean I can't remember the last time Krauss's um sorry. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um It's a dead ball, it's a set piece, it doesn't matter. It's, it's no, because I, I, I yeah, you're right to, you're right to correct me, but then yeah, no, <laughs> it would be nonsense like I wanted to say, um I can't remember the last time that um Ward Prowse gave a good corner kick that um, didn't disappoint or come to nothing. I can't remember the last time mm. we've had a corner that led to a, at least a goal-scoring opportunity. And he pulls well, off that one. This is what happens when you play Man United because we had that uh, United tunnel on last week, and he said we asked him specifically what his weak, what their weaknesses are, and he said we're weak from set pieces, and it proved to be the case. So. You did hear it here first. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that little-known fact. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and Oberfemi, you know, the elation, 96th minute, a des- deserved point, I, I think. It was, yeah. overall, it was a very entertaining game, even if I was watching it a little bit later. Um, I still very much enjoyed the game. It was very yeah. good. And it's I just nice. The most impressive thing was just the way that they managed to hold him back for so long when... When, it, when they could have scored two minutes. or three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you thought, that, oh shit, this is it. I mean, if you base the league on that Saints away form, Saints would, would be fourth. <laughs> so a Champions League team, and it's just, take care of your home games. How much better can they be? That'd be... It's crazy, so you isn't it? For, just for fairness, that we should be playing... Um, Champions League away games, but championship <laughs> home games next season. <laughs> Let's give it a go. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say on this game, Kevin? No, I can. No, I'll, I'll not. I can combine it with my man of the match, I suppose. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll go on to man of the match then. Um, do you want me to go first or you? Yeah, go on. You. Okay. Well. I've got quite a few candidates written down, but I mean, I, I know he's not a player, but I want to say Ralph played this very, very well. I think tactically he had this spot on. Um, wasn't tempted to start Hoiberg as we, we touched on when we were doing the team lineups. Stuck with what's, what's been working. Uh, made the changes to bring on Oberfemi. You know, it's still positive that we could get something out of the game. Uh, Ryan Bertrand was great. Uh, I think the only time that I, uh, 
Mason Greenwood was mentioned was when Romeo almost snapped his leg. So he kept him quiet and he's been on fire lately. So that's down to Bertrand. I mean, he got forward a lot more than he has in recent weeks as well. So that was really, really pleased. Um, and, and Redmond as well, as I said, um, had a decent game, had an assist, great effort from outside the box. Um, Danny Ings, I think this was his worst performance since the restart. Is that fair to say? I don't think that's fair because no, his no. press and the steal that led to that sure. first goal. But I mean, in, in general marks out of 10, I'd say that was his, his probably his worst one. I mean, okay, right. That, that sounds really harsh, but okay, his off nights are still better than most strikers' best nights. Mm. So, you know, and I don't, I, I don't expect him to start against Brighton either. I don't, I think they're going to give him a rest, a well-deserved rest. Um, for me, I'm going to give man of the match to Stuart Armstrong. I mean, I, I don't Good e- ever remember him being as important to us as he is right now. He's just amazing. A goal, two shots, both on target. That's 100%, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ranked second for pressing, second in XG, Annex A, a pass success rate of 90.5. So, yeah, I think, um, for me, Stu Armstrong. Speaking of Ralph, you said that um, you thought he had a good game. Um, mm-hmm. Did you Were you watching with the crowd noise on or off? On. On, okay. So you, you could um, hear him when it was off, yeah? I don't know, because yeah, I was in a pub and the, they had the, the version with the crowd noise on. Um, well, see, you no, I was, I was watching it from a replay, wasn't I? Because so, I, wasn't, I wasn't watching it live, so I had to have what Sky was showing. Oh right, okay. I thought it was like optional sort of soundtrack. Yeah, there uh, is, but well, obviously when it's when it's live, you can do that. But when I've recorded from the telly, I can't. Uh, I can't okay. do that. No, I just wonder in your opinion, like all of the sort of um, you know shenanigans and general shite house array. Do you think that's Ralph's instructions, or do you think it's players sort of taking it into their own hands a bit? As in what the 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 the, the tackling. Ta- Tactical fouling, yeah. Oh, I see. Um, well, the yeah. well, when I when I was talking about Red, uh, Romeo and that and that tackle, I, I was kind of like thinking because I thought there was a lot of ta- a lot of hard tackles going in from both sides. I thought it mm-hmm. turned into a bit of a dirty game, if I'm being honest. Um, whether and, and I was thinking like Romeo doesn't normally play like this. I know he has a he's got a bad tackling, but he's never done anything like that on purpose. And I thought if that is on purpose, and then there was an incident where Jack Stevens gave an elbow, and yeah. I thought. Is it possible that Ralph has said to them, look, we need to rough them up a bit? I mean, is that is that so hard to believe? No, it's not. But I... Yeah. I find Ralph, it hard to believe. That's Ralph, do, Ralph, No, Ralph doesn't seem that sort. I don't think he would have done, but... I don't know. He's come from a hard-as-now's German league. And he's he probably seen a lot of it. So if you're playing against these big teams that are on great form, it wouldn't surprise me. But I'm going to say no. I don't think so. Players are going to take that among, them, among themselves. I mean, you can't imagine Ralph telling uh, Ward Prowse to get under Zaha's skin. That's just something he's going to do himself. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm, maybe we'll come back to this question if, <laughs> if it crops up again later. Um, okay. Man of the match um, for me. Um, so I do. I do want to take this accolade seriously. And you've gone for Stuart Armstrong, which I think is a fair choice. He was—he was, um, had a brilliant performance. Um, Redmond's, like I said, his comeback performance again. Um, maybe Mike Warren, not okay. So, well, I, I was watching it in the pub, and it was getting late on, and Ralph had only brought on two subs, 
And I, I turned around to the, uh, my friend next to me and said, like, um, oh, come on, we've got options there on the bench that can turn this around. So bring, and I'll just shout at the screen, like, um, um, bring on over Femi. And I was like, oh, who's that? And I said, oh, it's this, um, this black Irish fella. And they're like, black Irish, who's, is, is that possible? I said, like, yeah, of course it is. You, you'll see. And then a couple of minutes later, he comes on and then and scores with his second touch. And I just thought it was just beautiful, poetic, um, <laughs> you see, <laughs> license. You're like, yep. <laughs> you'll see in a minute. <laughs> yep. And they fucking did. So yeah, no, I'm gonna give it to, to Michael because I'm, I'm just. You can't him. give it to Michael Overfemi. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Just he yeah, he made my night. He okay. made my night. Okay, that's a that's a, that's an odd one, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> You're gonna write it down and then ignore it. Yeah, I'm just thinking that when we come to do our um our players player of the month for July and Overfemi only has two minutes of action and he's gonna get a nomination for that. I just think it's a little bit harsh. Um, well, so far, I mean, we've had Armstrong. I've, I've given it. <laughs> I've given it to Maka. Armstrong and Overfemi so far. I've done Kyle Walker Peters twice and Stuart Armstrong. Uh, Jack Stevens has had it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's your decision. It's fine. He, yeah. made your, he made your night. That's fine. I get it. Um, okay. So I think now we are going to go to Statman Steve. Steve the Statman. <laughs> Okay then, Statman Steve. Statman, how are you on this fine week? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a a slow slash busy week. Um, Yeah, we had a new starter on Monday, so just been trying to get them up to speed at work. Um, Another new starter. How long have you been there now? um, Just coming up for three months now, so that's, yeah, doing all that work from home. So, yeah, it's been an experience, but... um, yeah, it's been it's been a unique experience, but um, yeah. yeah Any ideas cool. when you're going in? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of looking like it will be yeah towards the end of the year now, but um, yeah, I think I don't know. I'm sort of looking forward to it because I've not been in the office yet since I started. Um, so there's that. Actually, meet uh, people. Yeah, and exactly. not just look at them through a screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that that part of it. Um, but, yeah, we'll just see what happens, really, I guess. Good, good. Um, so, then, Man United. Yes. Me and Kev have just been discussing it in finer detail. Um, a great point. Uh, mm. A great way to do it as well. Um, but, yeah, what did you uh, what did you make of the game? Yeah, um, I thought we started very brightly. Um yeah, I think the first 20 minutes we were largely in control of the game. I think there was pretty much just that Martial shot that McCarthy saved. That was a, a really, really good save. Um, but uh, I thought we were pressing them really, really well. Obviously, that's that's what um, ended up with Armstrong's goal. It was it was Ings pressing Pogba. I thought that was uh, that was brilliant from him winning. Yeah, and, and do you remember on our, when we were talking last week on the Britain the build up to it? I said I don't know if you press Pogba, he's got a mistake in him. Yeah. Exactly. He's, um, I think he likes to have too much time on the ball, and that, that yeah, was, exactly. Uh, yeah, he thinks he's he thinks he's got more time than he actually has. And against yeah. a team like Southampton, that's well, that's dangerous. And you saw what happened. Yeah, exactly. I think, and also we, I was reading, um, you know, we were setting up quite a lot of traps as well. So we'd kind of try and 
um, closed down one side of the field and then that kind of forced De Gea into passing the ball into Pogba um, and then Ings pressed him very quickly, won the ball and then turned it over for the goal. So it was all about kind of setting up those traps for United to fall into. So um, I thought very it was, clever. yeah, really good. Um, and then I think after that, I don't really know what happened. I think it was just two <laughs> quick United uh, counter-attacks. And I don't think we could have done too much. You know, both Rashford and Martial are very good scorers. Um, and, you know, any team would be happy to have them um, in their squad. But I think potentially we could have done a little bit more um, to have defended better, to, to not concede those goals. Um, I think... Potentially, Kyle Walker-Peters needed a little bit more protection on the right for those both those goals because he looked quite isolated and, and uh, you know, Rashford's very pacey. So I think he sort of struggled a bit in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought it was sort of that 10-minute period before half-time that we were getting back into the game and I thought we did pretty well from there on. Um, I thought, especially as we got into the second half, um, I thought we played very well, I think, Again, sort of lapses of concentration and United probably should have scored a couple more. Um, but they sat back a lot and I think that's, that's eventually what led to our goal. So all in all, it was a very, very good game to watch. All right. So Steve, hit us with some stats. Yeah. Um, so I was looking into the game and, um, yeah, we played very well. We had more possession than them. And that was at Old Trafford, so that's very telling because I think I was reading since the restart that United have had over 50% possession in all their games. So I think we're the first side to um, knock them back on that stat. Um, but we were slightly better than them on a lot of the stats. Um, we had nine shots, five on target, which I think both of those we had one more than United. Um, again, our kind of game, we pressed them really really well we had 107 more presses than they did um which i think kind of tells more about the gameplay that ralph plays compared to ollie um but again as we've been saying pretty much week on week ings is the top of uh the pressing charts for southampton i uh, topped that with 30 and um yeah you could tell how hard he's been working especially when he nicked it off of pogba um but you know what i was kind of saying before was that we had um we had that really kind of bright opening, but then there was kind of that 20 minute kind of spell that United were on top of us. Um, and I think, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they played really well in that, in that period of time. Um, and I think we've kind of found it difficult to, to get back into our rhythm. Um, but then when, when we go into the second half, um, I think United sat back a bit more and they sort of invited more pressure. Mm. Um, but I think we can't fool them because they defended they defended very well. I was reading they had 46 clearances to R18. Um, I think we kind of found it hard to unlock their defence because they were putting five at the back. And it's a similar situation as to what happened with Everton and Arsenal. Um, we find it difficult to kind of unlock those defences. But um, interestingly, though, that we had a higher times G than them. We had 1.7 to their 1.3. Um, and I was kind of looking at the times G throughout the game. And it wasn't really till that last Oberfemi uh, goal that we actually had the times G higher than them. So I think <laughs> it, it, it tells that we found it hard to unlock their defence and we weren't really getting too many shots off apart from 
um, you know, that Ridman chance that the Haya palmed over the top of the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, United probably should have been up a couple more goals. Um, and yeah, I think, I think we were lucky to stay in the game, but we did very well, um, to get back in the second half and then obviously score that last goal. Um, but a couple of, couple of players I wanted to highlight. Um, firstly, Jan Bednarak, not, not only just because of his assist, but also he had the highest carries, passes and touches, um, in the game for Southampton. Um, and I did see him kind of venture forward quite a lot um, and come out with the ball, which is what you could kind of hear what Ralph was like booming on the sideline, telling him what to do. Um, and I wanted to highlight Walker Peters as well, because I think um, he maybe got scrutinised a little bit too much just because of um, his fault in, in both of the United goals. I think potentially he could have done a little bit better there, but... Um, I think he did. I think he did pretty well to match up against Rashford. Um, he had four blocks, which was the highest in the game for Southampton, and that was similar to the Everton game, um, four blocks as well. So, um, yeah, really impressed with both those players. And I think, yeah, it's telling that we're talking about the defence more than the attack here. Mm. Um, and then, lastly, just uh, Oberfemi because the stat for that is. Is beautiful. Two touches, one goal. <laughs> such a such a great impact. Um, great yeah, work from Ralph as well, wasn't it? Bringing him on just to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he changed to four three three for that. So it shows he's showing some tactical adaptability, which we've kind of been missing a bit this season. So I'm very glad to see that he's changing things up. Yep. Uh, man of the match for you. Um. Initially, I was kind of going to go for Walker Peters, but I think I'm going to go Armstrong this time. Um, yeah, he scored that goal and uh, took it very well, but also I think he was involved in a lot of um, our pressures as well. So it's going to go to Stu for me. OK, that's brilliant. Um, before we let you go, Steve, um, I just need to get I need to get two predictions from you because, of mm. course, we go we go to Brighton on Thursday and then. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're at home to Brighton on Thursday and then away to Bournemouth on Sunday. Mm. Um, so can I get your Brighton prediction first, please? Yeah, um, I'm thinking off the back of our win against Man City, um, I'm hoping we can kind of continue that form at home, um, even though we've only got three games left. So I'd like to predict a 2-0 win for us against Brighton. I think they struggle to score goals. Um yeah, and it, and it will kind of be telling as to how many goals they score in this round of fixtures as to uh, what they do against us. Um, and, and Bournemouth. And for Bournemouth, yeah. Um, I think that potentially we could be sending them down if we beat them, which I think would be mm. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so they beat us 3-1 in our backyard earlier on in the season, and I'd like us to turn them over on the same scoreline. Um, at the Vitality, so I'd like to go for a 3-1 win there. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I think we've hit some really good form, um, and I think it would be so gutting if we start losing games, so I'd just like to try and stay as positive as possible, and hopefully we can take this form into next season as well. Oh, if only. <laughs> yeah. Stuck. Brilliant. Um, excellent work, Steve, um, and I will speak to you next week. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Both games are both games this week, or they are. Yeah, we got Bournemouth. Uh, sorry, Brighton at home on Thursday. Yeah, and then uh, Bournemouth away on Sunday. 
Sweet. Awesome. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Steve. Nice one. Take care. In the away end today, we have two, Kev, because we have two games this week. So we're going to preview Brighton and Hove Albion on Thursday and Bournemouth on Sunday. Um, We'll we'll start with with Brighton, obviously, because why wouldn't you? So that's uh, Thursday the 16th, quarter past eight kickoff, and that is on BT Sports. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on, on the Brighton game? Because we mentioned before that Ralph has hinted at some changes for this one, so we could see the... You know, the likes of important players like Ings, Armstrong, Redmond perhaps, rested. Smallbone possibly going to get a start. Um, but, but in terms of Brighton, you know, they're going to be looking to get three points here for sure because, like, they're, what are they, five points above the drop zone now in 15th, 36 points. Probably safe, I reckon, but barring an absolute collapse because you've got, like, West Ham and Watford breathing down their necks. But, um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on this Brighton game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's more of a, it's a bigger match for them, definitely, isn't it? Sure, yeah. They're all but safe, I think. You know, one win probably be enough to to keep them in in the league. Just, I mean, their, their form hasn't been brilliant, has it? No, no, they've dropped dropped a bit since the restart, but, haven't they? They've had one win since they come back. And that was that their right? that was their opening one, I believe, wasn't it, against Arsenal? Wow. Hmm. And then they've been beat quite heavily since, but um, but yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, at the start of the season when we played them at uh, the Amex, uh, we spoke to Joshua Goldsmith from the Brighton and Hove together, a Brighton and Hove uh, podcast. Um, That's right. Yeah, um, I think you were on your travels at that point, Kev. Um, so I, I reached out to him again, and, and I just said, like, you know, can you help us out with some? Uh, some questions. So I, I quizzed him on his thoughts on the season vote so far, and here's what he had to say. So he's pretty happy. Uh, this is a team undergoing a huge transition away from a specific style under Hewton to a very different one under Potter. We've had some ups and downs with uh, most Premier League teams, but overall, I'm you know he's chuffed with the progress we've made in just 12 months since since Chris left. Um, and then his thoughts on this game. I think he'll turn us over. I thought last time we were on course to beat you before Andoni acted like an absolute clown. Uh, but I think you've, you've really turned a corner since the new year and can't see anything but a two or a one or two goal win for you. Um, it's not even that we're particularly bad. It's just I feel you have, you have found your way uh, and you're getting results no matter what. Uh, but we seem mentally convinced we're safe. And with that attitude, if that arrives, uh, the team on Thursday, there's going to be, you know some weaknesses to have there. We're going to be able to exploit that. Um, Trossard, Basuma and Lamptey uh, have been in inspired form. If they play like that level, you know, they have it recently, it's going to be a good game. Um, so, so I asked him who scares you most from Saints. And it, actually, he said the same thing back back in August when we played them. And he said, Ward-Prowse on set pieces. I said that last time and nothing has changed. Um, and I said, this time around, if you could pick one Saints player, who are you going to take? And he said, Danny, because um, we need a different type of striker to Mope. Uh, and Ings has been good enough to be on a plane in the Euros, I, I think. Um, lineup. I asked him on his, for his lineup, uh, and he said, Christ, it's impossible these days. I'd like to see Ryan, Lamptey, Dunk, Webster, Byrne, Basuma, Proper, Trossard, McAllister, Alaresa, Mope. I think we'll see something like that, but Gross or Moy for Alaresa. Um, but but what about you, Mish? Uh, what what are you going to do? What changes are coming in, and, and how are you going to set up? How am I going to set Brighton up? <laughs> how are you going to set Saints up? 
Okay, as I say, just stick the youth team out, be fine. Um, I think Adams and Oberfemi, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we I guess. We worked before at Chelsea, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, what about Long? Long and Oberfemi. You're not expecting him? Do you think Shea's going to get a rest now? Or do you think Shea? I think Shea's got to start. I don't think he's done anything yeah. to not start. And I don't think it's, it's, I think it'll be cruel to take him out. Yeah, Ings is so nailed on that squad. That, mm. um, you build your team around of... him and, and Armstrong at the moment and, and James Wood-Prowse. But do you think James Wood-Prowse is going to get a rest? No. No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think he will. I think he's going to play him all the time if he can. Yeah, he's, he's got that captain's armband um, for a reason. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's... What do you do? Um, put on Heiberg instead and give him back the armband. Give it a Bertrand. I'd, I'd start. I'd take. <laughs> yeah, I'll take take Ward Prowse. Let, let him sit on the bench, have a rest. Put Heiberg on and then give the armband to Bertrand. <laughs> yeah, well that'd be that'd be spurning. But yeah, I think Armstrong's. It would make sense to have him on the bench, wouldn't it? Yes. And um, to have small bone in his place. Um, I, th- I think Redmond seemed fine, so he'd probably be safe keeping him there. Um, same, same back line? Yeah. What do you think just Valerie's going to play? Just the lack of other options. Mm. I mean, we already know that Gineppo and, and Buffal probably won't play again until next season. So there's no option there. Yeah, I think... Isn't Valerie out also? Yeah, Valerie apparently got a knock-in training. Oh, OK. So I guess we, we'll have the same back line. Then. And, as did uh, Nathan Teller. Yes, I saw that. Okay then, so score predictions, Kev. So we know that, that Statman Steve has gone two 0 to Saints. Um, may I go first because I, n- I need to try and catch you. Okay. I- I'm I'm going to go two 0 also. Ooh. I-, I had it I had it down before before we spoke to Steve and and I'm not going to stray from that. So, what are you going to take? I'm going to take a um, a dull but effective 1-0 win. I yes, thought we're gonna you were going to say 0-0 then, Kev. No, 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 1-0. Okay, we'll take that. Um, okay, moving on to Bournemouth then. Bournemouth, we play on Sunday the 19th at the Vitality. Uh, that's a 2pm kickoff, and that is also on BT Sports. Um, both winnable games, Kev, uh, but how are you seeing this one, this rivalry? Well, we've got two derbies in one week, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what makes this one um, a lot more interesting. I'm quite excited about this match, actually. Um, Why? Because we could I get mean, relegated. Bournemouth, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you know, I, 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 like, I like Bournemouth. Um, I like Eddie Howe. I mean, they, they can be... Uh, it's not the most beautiful football that they play, but... Mate, I'm not bothered about Bournemouth at all. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean I don't, I don't necessarily want them to go down. No. They, they don't bother me at all. They're just a, a team, another team, and I, I yeah, I don't mean I that. Like, in a, I don't mean it in a horrible way. It's just I, I don't, I do not dislike them. They're just there. They're just, they're just there. Yeah. No, no, no. I've got no ill feeling toward Bournemouth. Um, I'd probably say the opposite. I, you know, I like the sort of, you know, romance of the the, the fairy tale. Oh yeah, yeah. That, um, Eddie Howe's, uh, you know, he's a one-club man there, and he's brought them from all the the bottom leagues all the way up to the Premier League, and and kept them there for so long. And I think it'd be a shame to see him go down, and I'd rather the Hammers went down. Mm. Um, but 
on the other hand. I think there's, a, you know, a little bit of, um, what's the word? Like, there's, there, there's a, there's a bit of pride resting on this one. Not so much the rivalry, but just, you know, how seriously they take it and they've caused us so many problems mm-hmm. in the last few seasons. Um, so yeah, 3, three one, Home. Three went at St Mary's, yeah, that was not something that we, uh, yeah, that was a, it was a horrible, horrible game. Um, p- prediction from you, Kev, for this one? Um, it, it could go anyway, couldn't it? I mean, that, that, that's what makes it such an interesting game. Fighting for their lives, though, Kev. Yeah. They're going to want it more. Uh, you, I, I thought they were dead and buried in, until they... Um, they pulled, pulled off that Leicester game. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> Um, I wanted to say about Brighton that um, if we beat City 1-0 and City beat Brighton 5-0. Um, That's the way football works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so 5 multiplied by 1 means that we're going to be- beat them 5-1. Okay, so Bournemouth beat Leicester 4-1. <laughs> that means that uh, they're going to beat us 36-0. No. No. Um, I think we're going to do it 2-1. I think it's going to be scrappy. Oh, okay. I've um, I, I've also got a 2-1, Kevin. Okay. Um, but, of course, I may have to change that now because I'm chasing you. So, can I see a draw? No. I think this is all out winner takes all, isn't it? I think the, the, a point doesn't do anything for Bournemouth. Doesn't, but they might have to settle for it. Maybe we'll come and pull one back like we did against uh, United. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go a big three, one. Three three. I'm going to go a big one. I'm going to go three two. Mmm. I mean, yeah. three two Saints. I'm going to go. I, I know I went three two for the United one, but I, I'm going to go three two here as well. Okay. Okay. Right now we're going to head to Sam of Back of the Net podcast and hear his thoughts on the Bournemouth and Saints game. Is there still a, a belief from the fan base that you can stay up? Um, but, but where, you know, and where did it all go wrong for you this season? Because you've had those big wins against Man United, Chelsea and against us. You know, I, I never even saw this this coming. Yeah, there is still some belief that we can stay up. There wasn't up until that Leicester game because we were playing poor football, poor in all departments, no intensity. And it's like you wouldn't have even realised the players were in a relegation fight and that's the harshest criticism I can really say. However, Bournemouth's games turn on individual moments and that moment with Schmeichel kicking the ball into the back of his defender, as fortuitous as it was, it sparked a revival and we're a confidence team and you could tell that confidence was coursing through the veins of the players from that point. I think that, uh, you know, whilst 4-1 perhaps, I'm not sure, maybe it didn't flatter us. I I don't quite know. However, it would be nice to just start positive, start confident in a game and keep it going. And that's where we've been terrible this season. Injuries aside, our brand of football's not been great and we've been putting square pegs into round holes and there have been matches against the big teams, as you say, United, Chelsea, etc., which were really good, but we find it very difficult to break down teams with a low block. So, fortunately... The teams we're playing for the rest of the season are kind of ones that we can perhaps do something against. Whereas I would actually worry more, ironically, if we were playing teams like Norwich and Villa. So, fingers crossed. How do you see the match-up going this time around? 
I think it's going to be a tough game. Southampton's form have been brilliant. They have been exceptional since Project Restart. And, you know, Harsen Hootel has got the team well-oiled now. And I've said to a number of people that I think you can be a real threat with with some astute signings in the summer, which I'm sure Ralph will be adept to. I think I, I think you could push for top ten. Maybe not Europe, I don't know, but, um, you know, for too long in the Premier League, I think you've been a sort of lower half side. I think you can be pushing into that top half and, uh, you seem to have the manager to do it now. I think that Bournemouth, they just need a moment in the early part of the game. And if they push on, play this reckless brand of attacking football like we know they can do, then hopefully we could punish you. However, your recent results, especially the one at Man United, show that it's not going to be very easy. Uh, any weaknesses you feel we could exploit? Well, I mean, uh, up until the Leicester game, I'd have said, you know, most parts of our side are a weakness. However, with Nathan Ake being out then you've got to get set pieces and put them into the box whilst we've got a player that's not had much Premier League experience in terms of Lloyd Kelly he's fitting in quite well but he's still naive so if I were you I'd be getting the balls into the box and also one of our constant constant niggles is the fact that long balls over the top played over our full-backs usually get the opposition in. We've been exploited so many times in the past, and if you do that, you've got the pace with you know, people like Nathan Redmond, etc., to punish us. I just hope that we're going to be up to the challenge. And what about your standout performers this season, or underachievers? It's been a tough one this season, because you know there aren't many that will emerge with credit this season. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale has done wonders for us in goal, and, you know, whilst we've conceded a hatful of goals without him, we'd have conceded many more. There are some players like Diego Rico, a left-back, who's not been used as much as he should have, but his set-piece delivery is fantastic. And it's no surprise that when he comes back into the side, Bournemouth start getting results. His delivery is really good. He set up a goal against Leicester. And, I don't know, he's just he's just that sort of attacking fullback that we really need at left-back. Jack Stacey also coming from Luton Town. I think he's done a great job. Um, and also Lloyd Kelly, who's come in relatively recently. Brilliant stuff from him. Phil Billing in the middle of park wow i mean he started off well and then we can see what huddersfield fans said about him and we were thinking yeah um he's not up to the challenge of premier league football maybe he does just play for these teams that teeter around relegation and then get relegated hopefully that's not the case this season there have been some good spells from him southampton away actually was one of his better performances in a cherry shirt but up front it's been very much a case of Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser used to do the business, didn't they? Uh, Josh King as well. This season it's just been stunted. Josh King's been injured. Callum Wilson's been out, been without the service of Ryan Fraser, who has been mentally AWOL. So I think, you know, getting rid of Ryan Fraser at this point is probably a good thing. And then hopefully we can rebuild next season in whatever division it's going to be. Look, with, with Saints, you've got, um, at the moment, there's a good team spirit now. Obviously, free kick on the edge of the box, James Ward-Prowse, obviously. But, you know, there are players like Nathan Redmond scares me quite a bit. Um, I just think he's got that low centre of gravity. He's very direct. He's like Ryan Fraser used to be when he was good for us. 
Um, and, you know, he can cut in on his right and shoot, or he can take it to the byline and pull it back with his left. Uh, he's a player that I do really admire, and I don't know what you Saints uh, fans think of him, but um, he, he's a player that I would absolutely take in a heartbeat. I know he has his bad games every so often, but I think he's, um, he's, he's one that always seems to cause problems for us. OK, you have to pick one Saints player to use in your current Bournemouth setup. Who are you taking and why? Yeah, uh, you know what? Um, a set-piece specialist would be handy. So James Ward-Prowse, I think. Uh, Junior Stanislas can take a free kick from the edge of the box every so often, but uh, he's not as prolific as uh, as Prowse. And I, I think he's an excellent footballer as well. Um, he seems to have a lot of heart and soul he understands the club and he he seems to i mean obviously he's been at southampton for you know many a year now but he he's one of those players that will put in 110 percent wherever he goes in his career i'm absolutely certain a bit like harry arter used to be for us so um i would happily have a player like that in the bournemouth side uh predicted bournemouth lineup for you so yeah i mean it's a it's a bit of a difficult one in terms of the lineup because obviously you know, injuries mean that, uh, you know, we can't play Nathan Ake at the back, which obviously would be um, huge for us um, to have him there. I think that we're going to be very naive at the back and we'll possibly play a slightly different formation, one that, you know, gave us a bit of luck against um, Leicester City because we changed our formation and, well, it kind of works. So I think Ramsdale will go in goal. I think um, we'll probably play a sort of hybrid three-stroke-five at the back with Stacey, Cook and Kelly. Uh, Stanislas and Rico on either side. And then in the middle, you'll have Lerma and Lewis Cook. Lewis Cook, creative midfielder. And then Brooks, Solanke, Wilson. Josh King might be back, in which case one of those three will probably get dropped. But Solanke's... Well, he scored goals against Leicester. So... If he can carry on this rich vein of form, I mean, yeah, I know it's only two goals in 39 games or whatever it is, but, you know, players like that need confidence. And um, I hope Howe, you know, starts him. And, um, yeah, long may his goals continue, really. Score prediction. Well, look, I've got to go. I've got to go for head rather than heart. Um, and I think one all probably if i was going to go with my heart i'd say a 2-1 bournemouth win it all depends how we start but uh one all which could be terminal for us not quite sure uh would you rather wear a saint shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for 10 years saint shirt every day for five years you know what no i wouldn't want to wear a a saint shirt and it's nothing to do with the if you want to call it a rivalry you can or say it's not or whatever geographically it's a derby and that's a fact i know that portsmouth is the south coast derby for you but we are a derby by dictionary definition maybe not rivals we try to create one online uh and offline and you know what all indications are is that it is intensifying, but obviously uh, history dictates that it's never going to be uh, quite where Portsmouth is. But uh, I would rather be in a haunted house for 10 years, not least because I, I, the, I, the Saints shirt I don't particularly find attractive. Um, even the one for next season with the sash or whatever, I've, I've found the whoever the kit designers are, I know Under Armour are the um, sort of brand or whatever, if they're designing them, wow, I mean... Some of them have been questionable, to say the least. Um, and it's slightly improved this season, I've got to say. But, um, it, you know, 
Aside from the rivalry, to me it's just a fashion disaster, so no, I'd, uh, I'd rather sleep in a haunted house. Half the height of Lionel Messi or twice the height of Peter Crouch? <laughs> well, Bournemouth's set piece routines dictate that um, we don't, we don't really, I mean, Nathan Ake is not the tallest, but he scored a number of headers and I think that you know, me personally, if I was playing for Bournemouth, you'd think that having someone twice the height of Peter Crouch would be uh, quite handy. But no, I'd love to have the skill of Lionel Messi and I'd be happy to be half the height of him. Favourite fan chance at the Vitality? What's what's really frustrating about our fan, our fan chants is that they all revolve around Eddie. And if and when he moves on... We're going to be screwed because it's, it's like we're going to have to create a whole new uh, hymn book of songs. However, I mean, a lot of them that we have heart back to our dark days. Eddie had a dream on minus 17. Um, we always like to, uh, you know, give the rival some stick. I think we've got quite a... A decent selection of songs, but like most clubs, including yourself, I mean, when we go to St Mary's, all we ever hear is when the Saints go marching in, and also that one about Portsmouth, would I be Portsmouth, Pompey, would I be Saints? Um, I'm sure you've got other songs, but it's just like people don't know them, so only the hardcore sing them, and that's a bit the same with us. We have a few chants that are really successful, and then others that don't really get heard, and you know what? We've got some creative geniuses, geniuses in our cherries ranks in terms of the fans, so... um yeah, that's um, you know, Eddie had a dream is one that you'll um you'll hear loud and clear. Obviously not on Sunday, but I'm hoping that um we get a bit of a a wider range of songs in future. And just finally, what does this rivalry mean to you? I think that the rivalry. Uh, I mean, I know it's not a rivalry for you. It is for us, and you know what? I think that you know we're, remi- we're reminded so many times about how many times you put pennies in our buckets. Thank you for that, by the way. Hopefully, in return, we saved you with uh, a poor performance at St Mary's, then beating Swansea for you a few seasons ago. Uh, that saved you millions. So, um, yeah, equals peoples, I think. But uh, rivalry. I think it is the condescending nature of some Saints fans, but you know what? Um, we, you know, we give it. And therefore, we should be able to get it and take it. Um, on Twitter, it's, it's the worst for that. You do get the odd uh, Saints fan coming on AFC Ball with Facebook posts. It's like, what? Why are you even on there? Um, but, you know, well, whether they've liked the page or, or not, I don't know. A bit embarrassing if it's in their likes. However, to me, not that bothered. I want to be in the Premier League and I want South Coast football to thrive. And you know what? Even though Portsmouth are your rivals, I think it's it's good to have healthy uh, local rivalry. And in many ways, Southampton have got the blueprint for what we're trying to do in terms of our training ground. And eventually when that's done, maybe an increase in stadium size. I think, you know, geography and the local demographics dictate that Southampton's always going to be the bigger club. However, it's been nice to finish above you for a couple of seasons or a few seasons, whatever it's been. And uh, I just hope we get the chance to continue that in the Premier League. But if not, I mean, the Championship's an excellent league. And I mean, what is the Premier League? Y- you know, it's dominated by the top six. It's it's almost like you're treading water most weeks. And yeah, you can have your limelight, your sort of moment of limelight on Match of the Day or whatever. But these things always get forgotten. And ultimately, stations like Five Live and TalkSport are only going to be talking about the top six. Um It'll be weird because we won't be everyone's media darling anymore. Maybe that'll go on to Sheffield United who are doing so well. Not too sure. Um, however, um, it's 
it's it's a rivalry that I do hope continues. Put it that way. Okay, extra time. Well, we start off with the usual predictions. So, so me, you, and Steve went for a United win. Uh, oh no, actually, Steve went for a Saints win. We went, me and you went for a, a, a United win. Steve went for a Saints win. So, of course, it was a draw. Um, strangely, yeah, on the ugly inside, their Insta story, I went for 2-2. Ah, uh, so annoyed with myself, but yeah. Scores remain the same, 53-46-4 and four in your favour. Uh, Super 6, round 64 is actually currently still in play, so I'm going to have to update you on the next pod. Um, fantasy football, Kevin... Okay, I still haven't touched my team. <laughs> they got 37 points, mostly thanks to Danny Ings. Why have you not um, touched it? I just, you know, it, it's normally it's there's a deadline, isn't there? It's normally Friday evening or Saturday morning. Now it's all fucked up. Like you've got to change it like three times a week, mm. and I, every time I look at it, I've missed the deadline and I can't be bothered to. Yeah, that's um, that's okay. usually my my um thoughts in October <laughs> uh, yeah but I mean you know when there's one or two games a week but yeah the, the game week start on a Tuesday and end on a Thursday like, oh, yeah, sorry I've got <laughs> bigger things to think about um, I'm sure that will, and it's all lost for me really anyway I've got nothing to play for I just sat mid table um, between uh, Freddie and Matt Markstein okay um Yes. Um, how's your team looking? I mean, they got even less points than mine. That looks like. Oh, not good then. I don't know, Kev. I've done exactly the same as you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Eleven points. Yeah. Mm, Eleven points. Yeah. What, what a okay. great one! I've got. Uh, I don't know what that's for. You know, like um, I've got oh, Ben that's... Chilwell playing, and he's uh, obviously not. So that, that's a mistake. No, oh, but, but okay. to, to be fair, I've got a lot of players that are still playing this week, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a... Is it a couple of double game? I don't even know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> why, why are we still doing this? Did we just start next season already? <laughs> um, should, um, we just, should we just move on? Yeah, um, okay, but I'll give a shout out to people who um, for whom it clearly uh, makes a difference. Um, same top three, Lucy Heiner, Stephen Culler and Jamie Thorpe at the top. Well done. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin. Okay, uh, Russian phrase to see us out. Appropriately is Dobavlenoya Vremya. Dobavlenoya Vremya. Dobavlenoya Vremya. Dobavlenoya Vremya. What does that mean? It's good. It's uh, injury time. Added time. Injury time. (laughs) Nice. It's a last minute addition to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. You had had two attempts and uh, one of them was successful, right? (laughs) Yeah. Just, just like uh, Michael Oberfeld with his two touches. Yeah. <laughs> if you can have a successful touch, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh, you can't get more successful than yeah. sticking it back of the neck, can you? <laughs> yeah. Um, just, just a final word. Um, our kit off final thing. Over the past few weeks, we've been posting our kits on our Instagram feed to try and determine our listeners' favourite. Um, we whittled it down to just two, and it was between the two Vho shirts uh, from 2014-15 and the Adidas effort in 2015-16. And your favourite, the winner, is the 2015-16 
Viho by Adidas, your favourite Saints shirt? It's it's my second favourite, if I if I uh, am being honest. It was up there, so I'm glad that that, that, that was was quite high. Hmm. Yeah, good, some good memories in that, in that shot. Yeah, very good, yeah. Um, okay, I think that's it. And then next week we will be recording and we were doing a double game week, won't we? So we will have Brighton and Bournemouth for you uh, and we will preview the last game against Sheffield United. Um, so until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Podcast Network.